0: Welcome to the audio podcast of the Edward Jones Chatting Cage, the show where you can talk face-to-face with your favorite MLB players and personalities. And welcome back inside the Edward Jones Chatting Cage on this beautiful Friday afternoon. Our guest at this time, a man with over three decades of service in Major League Baseball, and for the past eight years, he's served as the president of the National Baseball Hall of Fame, a dream job indeed. It is our pleasure to welcome in none other than Jeff Idelson, Jeff, we thank you for the time, and the 8th Annual Hall of Fame Classic takes place tomorrow at the field directly behind you, Doubleday Field there in Cooperstown, and it goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway, this is obviously a very exciting time for you.
1: Absolutely, Matt, it's great to be with you, and the Hall of Fame Classic has proven to be a success in the seven years we've had it, five Hall of Famers coming to Cooperstown with a slew of recently retired Major League players for a wonderful weekend in Cooperstown. It's going to be a fun event, no question. And
0: fans, as always, there's two ways you can get involved. You can fire up the webcam and click on the Get In Line button to ask your question directly to National Baseball Hall of Fame President Jeff Idelson, or if you're camera shy, that's okay too. You can submit your question via Twitter using the hashtag Chatting Cage. Jeff, with that in mind, we're going to start on Twitter right now. And a great question here from Matthew283. He wants to know how great is it to have the Hall of Fame tour to reach fans who maybe cannot make it to Cooperstown.
1: Oh, the, the Hall of Fame tour, We Are Baseball, which was announced yesterday from Dyersville by Commissioner Manfred, it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful tour that travels the country. First time ever a museum has taken the concept of its, of its treasures on the road in a mobile museum. We have IMAX as a partner. MLB.com is on board to help out. And uh, we'll open in Iowa in July. We'll head to Milwaukee, St. Louis, Kansas City. And it's really a chance to immerse yourself in the history of the Hall of Fame. What we're mostly concerned about is being accessible, and this is certainly going to help in that vein. And an absolutely perfect spot to open the tour at the site of the
0: Field of Dreams there in Iowa, which, as you said, took place yesterday and a very exciting thing for fans, no question. Right now we go to the webcam. Our first fan is ready to step inside and hack away inside the Edward Jones standing cage. So fans, state your name, your location, and your question for Jeff Idelson. Uh, yeah, my name's Ron. I'm in uh, Oklahoma City. Uh, my question is, Mr. Allison, as a lifelong Yankees fan, I'm excited to, to see another upcoming Yankee uh, make it to the Hall of Fame in Derek Jeter. Uh, my question is, Jeter's interest, I'm sure, has been great. I assume that you're getting a lot of people, um, you know, anticipating that, that induction. Has there been any players in recent years that have you, that you've seen that have had similar interest levels, uh, you know, maybe to that of Jeter?
1: Uh, That's a great question, and it seems like every decade you get this kind of a vibe. I I started at the Hall of Fame in September of 1994, and my first day on the job, I took five phone calls, and four of them were about induction weekend 99 and Nolan Ryan and George Brett and Robin Yount. Fast forward another decade, 2007, Cal Ripken and Tony Gwynn were elected, two guys that spent their entire careers with one team, both really, really close with the fans, opposite ends of the country, both coasts and both leagues. They drew 82,000 people to Cooperstown. This is a town of 1800, and when you look forward to Derek Jeter, uh, a guy that I've known for a long time, actually since he was in high school, that excitement is is just as strong, and uh, he's a popular guy, and rightfully so. Uh, What you see with Derek is what you get, and his induction, uh, his likely induction in 2020, will not be in hindsight. Yeah, and Jeff, I think Yankee fans might
0: want to book their hotel rooms now for that induction just a couple of years down the road. That is going to be an event for sure. Right now we go back to the webcam. Another fan is ready to step inside the chatting cage. So fans, state your name, your location, and your question for Jeff Idelson.
1: I'm Matthew from New Jersey. I'm also a diehard Yankees fan. I want to know, do you think Mariano Rivera has a chance to get a perfect vote? Hey Matthew, a great question. Um, hard to say. The, the the you know the baseball writers do a great job of electing candidates. Ken Griffey Jr. just became the highest percentage of votes attained in any one election, surpassing Tom Seaver's mark from 1991. And when you look ahead and you look at the popularity of these guys, it's not uh, it's not far fetched to think that somebody could get 100% one day. But the process is a democracy. Sometimes guys don't want to vote for somebody right away, and that doesn't take away from uh the process but when you stop and think that guys like Willie Mays and Hank Aaron and Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig and go on and on and on never made it unanimous you wonder if anybody ever will
0: if we one day have a chatting cage hall of fame I think Matthew from New Jersey is a first ballot inductee Matthew uh, thanks for the question as always and right now another fan ready to step inside the cage so fan you know the drill state your name your location your question for Jeff Idelson
1: Hi, Mr. Adelson. My name is Matt from Farmingdale, New York. Um, I am a Yankee fan, too. I'm not asking you a Yankee question. Don't worry. Um, I wanted to know um, your uh, baseball heroes when uh, you were younger. Oh, it's a great question. Thanks, Matt. Got a lot of Matts on the phone today, which is cool. Uh, I have a brother named Matt. Uh, growing up, I grew up in Boston, so I grew up in an American League city and was lucky enough to have guys like Carl Yastrzemski, Uh, Jim Rice. Uh, They were sort of my sweet spot on the hometown team, but I really liked Hank Aaron. I was a big George Brett fan. Uh, I adored watching Pete Rose on Game of the Week. Uh, I like guys who played the game with a lot of hustle, that got their uniforms dirty, and uh, their careers were more based on hustle. I was a hustle guy because I had never looked at myself as very talented with anything I did, and hustle was something that I knew that was important in life, and those guys sort of set an example for me.
0: Guys named Matt are never a bad thing. Right now, though, a non-Matt, as we go back to Twitter. uh, Jeff, this is from Wendy Kelly, and a good question here. Uh, She asks, uh, this year's class features the first-ever number-one overall pick in Ken Griffey Jr. and the lowest draft pick ever in Mike Piazza to both be inducted. Does that have any sort of special meaning to you?
1: I think so, Kelly. That's a great question. And you look at the dichotomy of these two guys, and you had – you know Ken Griffey Jr. who had to prove the critics right, and then you had Mike Piazzi who had to prove the critics wrong, and who would, who would have ever thought they'd end up on a stage together in Cooperstown? So I think it uh, shows that uh, nothing's a given uh, based on where you're drafted, but that with hard work, perseverance, uh, excellence over time, that uh, you could end up with a plaque in the Hall of Fame. And every class seems to have its own identity. And the identity of this class will be not only strength up the middle with a catcher and a center fielder, but also the dichotomy in having a first, the number one pick and virtually the last pick.
0: And, Jeff, like you said, Ken Griffey Jr. had this pedigree for so many years of uh, expecting greatness. But Mike Piazza, if I recall, he was drafted as a favor to his father, I believe, and nobody could have ever seen this coming. Just speak to Piazza in particular and just how stunning it is to see him become the player that he became as he will take the stage in Cooperstown in just a couple of months here.
1: Well, it's incredibly stunning, Mac, because if you think about it, there have been 18,700 players since the National League was formed in 1876, and then, of course, the American League in 1901, 18,700 players, 1% make it to the Hall of Fame, one out of 100. So to take a guy who was drafted in the 62nd round and really didn't have a position and became a catcher on the advice of his dad and Tommy Lasorda and be able to put in that hard work and have the talent and skill level and the perseverance, uh, it's pretty stunning, his election to the Hall of Fame from where he started.
0: And, of course, he hit one of the most iconic home runs in baseball history in the wake of the 9-11 tragedy, and he will take his rightful spot among the other enshrinees in Cooperstown not too long from now. Jeff, right now it's time for the EDJ question of the day, and it's a good one to hear as uh, they want to know you're involved in MLB's RBI program. What do you want kids today to know about the great game of baseball?
1: Oh, the RBI program is terrific. I uh, help out the Harlem RBI branch and have since their founding in 1991. Terrific program. Of course, John Young, who just passed away in Los Angeles, built a great program out there. St. Louis has a big one. Uh, and RBI is just a, a phenomenal way for kids in the inner city to have the opportunity to get involved. You know, speaking for the branch in Harlem, which Rich Berlin runs so, so wonderfully, uh, that's an incredibly successful program where it takes kids uh, who have finished their school day, puts them in an environment where they can play and learn some more. Uh, our, graduation rate is, our, our graduation rate is phenomenal out of high school. So many of the kids go on to college, which is, the, which is the important thing is to prepare these kids and using baseball as a skill to help them with life lessons. Yeah, such a
0: great program all the way around, no question. And, Jeff, right now we're going to go back to the webcam. Another fan is ready to step inside the Edward Jones chatting cage and fire away. So, fan, please do so with your name, your location, and your question for National Baseball Hall of Fame President Jeff Idelson. Hi, Jeff. My name is Corey from Forest Hills. My question is, if you had to choose one MLB stadium to watch a game, which would it be?
1: Ooh, that's a good one, Corey. That is a good one. There's so many good stadiums. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to cop out on you, but I'm obviously partial to Fenway and Wrigley because I like the old relics. Uh, the ballpark in Pittsburgh is just terrific. San Francisco, is, you can't get a bad seat. Uh, I would start with many, maybe any of those four uh, because of the intimacy of them and the, you know, the opportunity to also see the beautiful skyline which exists beyond them.
0: And, Jeff, uh, briefly of the ballparks that no longer uh, exist, the ones that aren't around uh, these days, maybe like Ebbets Field, uh, which one of those, if you could, would you like to catch a ball game from?
1: Yeah, either Ebbets Field or Forbes Field in Pittsburgh to see where Ralph Kiner blasted all those home runs into into the atmosphere or the stratosphere. Uh, I would say Ebbets and Forbes Field would be two I'd want to go back to.
0: If only that was possible, of course, and uh, Jeff, right now, we go back to Twitter from a one-day happy, uplifting Twitter handle. Their question for you is, uh, what's your vision for the Hall of Fame going forward?
1: Uh, Very, very good point. Uh, Very, very good question, I should say. And we're all about accessibility and making our collections accessible to anybody who wants to have an opportunity to see them. So, you know, the the We Are Baseball Tour, which is going to roll out this summer, is one way. Digitizing our massive collection is another way. Uh, We're in the process of beginning to do so. We have nearly three million pieces in our library, another 40,000 pieces on the three-dimensional side, which are bats and balls and gloves, making those uh, priceless items available to fans around the world so that they can uh, have a piece of the Hall of Fame wherever they live, uh, I think is uh, most important is, is the accessibility and, and, of course, staying relevant. You know, we want to make sure that the game today is tied to the game of yesteryear so that everybody has an appreciation for uh, baseball history and its place in American culture.
0: And well said, Jeff. Right now as we go back to the webcam, another fan ready to step inside the cage. State your name, your location, and your question, please.
1: Hi, I'm Joseph from New York,
0: and my question is, what's your favorite piece of memorabilia in the hall?
1: Ooh, Joseph from New York, that's a great question. We have so many cool pieces, Joseph. I hope you've been to Cooperstown, and if you haven't, like I said, we're not far from the city. We're about a four-hour drive, but uh, really one of the coolest pieces is, we have a bat that Babe Ruth used in 1927, and that was the year that he hit 60 home runs. He out-homered every other American League team, and back in the day, defacing equipment was sort of allowed. It wasn't really uh, frowned upon, and in that season, every time that Ruth hit a home run, he would take a little pen knife and carve a notch on the trademark of the bat, right around the, uh, the Hillerick and Bradley, Bradsby uh, logo. And this one bat that we have on display, Joseph, 28 notches, meaning he used that bat to hit 28 of his 60 home runs, very, very cool and identifiable piece.
0: And a great story with the legendary Babe Ruth, of course. And uh, back to Twitter we go. Uh, Jeff, of course, you've got a a great job and a dream job in the eyes of many, but also a very demanding job. In that vein, uh,
1: Jackie underscore, underscore Stacks wants to know, what is the toughest part of your job? Oh. Jackie Stacks, that's a great question. I think the toughest part of my job is deciding what not to do. There's so many things that I can do. I work with a great staff in Cooperstown, and, uh, you know, I, 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 of, I often wish there were two or three of me because <laughs> there are plenty of places I could, could and should be. So really determining how to best use my time to best serve the museum and to help uh, elevate the profile of the Hall of Fame is, is the most difficult part in terms of uh, making sure I always do the right thing.
0: Well, Jeff, this has been a lot of fun. We thank the fans for coming aboard and firing away with their questions, either on the webcam or via Twitter. And, uh, Jeff, we know this is going to be a very exciting weekend for you for the 8th Annual Hall of Fame Classic, which begins tomorrow right there at Doubleday Field in Cooperstown, New York. Jeff Idelson, National Baseball Hall of Fame president, thank you so much for your time today.
1: Hey, my pleasure, Matt. Great to be with you. Have a great Memorial Day weekend.
0: And uh, you do the same as well. And thank you to the fans for joining us on another edition of the Edward Jones Chatting Cage right here on MLB.com.